Mark Woods back with another Page One podcast, and today we have Nate Monroe, who's been quite busy lately uh, with the JEA CEO search. Um, so we had a, a national search, and it's it's over now. And the Tuesday, the JEA board voted to give the permanent job to Aaron Zahn, who had been the interim uh, CEO. Um, so I guess maybe start by talking about this process. Uh, it began with how many? Nine finalists, is that right? Nine finalists, okay. that's right. So what, what played out? How I kind of walk people, take them back through that. Oh gosh, well there's <laughs> nothing I'd rather do on this Thursday morning than revisit all of this. Um, so the, the um, JEA Board of Directors hired a search firm on a uh, $190,000 contract and basically said, look, go out, find us some candidates, um, it was always uh, it was unspoken, but I think understood that Aaron Zahn would be one of the finalist candidates. There was never any doubt about that. Um, and so the search firm came back um, and, and presented eight other finalists. And it turned out that those eight finalists included um, some pretty impressive candidates. Um, and that actually surprised a lot of people. I think there was um, given the the kind of poisonous political climate in City Hall, um, and therefore at JEA as well, um, there was a thought that maybe there wouldn't be a, a lot of people willing to take that job, and and that's not, um, you know that that was not reflected in the pool of applicants. There were there were some impressive folks. Um, so the JEA board formed a uh, selection committee and narrowed that list down to four finalists, and. Uh, simply stated, of the four finalists, Aaron Zahn, by any traditional metric that you would use, um, did not measure up well. Um, that did nothing to dispel the belief that he was going to get the job nonetheless. Right. You know, Aaron Zahn has political ties to the mayor. Um, he became the interim director uh, under a, a sort of controversial and and in some ways inexplicable set of circumstances um he had been a board member for about two months um and board members are appointed by the mayor they're confirmed by the city council and uh when the when the prior ceo left um amid a this this really poisonous discussion about whether jea should be privatized the board named the chief financial officer melissa dykes as the interim ceo Aaron Zahn uh, resigned from the board, declared that he was interested in being the interim, and the board, within a couple of days, replaced Melissa Dykes with Aaron Zahn as the interim leader and never explained why that happened. Uh, the board was not searching for a new interim. Uh, so it was, it was just, it had always been kind of inexplicable. And we, we, we still haven't really gotten answers about no. that right because no. i remember after that played out asking alan howard board chair why it wasn't melissa dykes and he said well the first vote i voted for her so you'd have to ask the others i thought she was qualified and blah yeah, blah, blah but, but but then we are not allowed to ask the others yeah because the, the board has this inane policy where the the 
board the board chairman supposedly speaks for the board and, and it's like the other board members are like mutes who can't talk to the media apparently which is it's ludicrous but that's kind of how they operate um, and that means you don't end up getting a lot of good explanations about why things happen um, to your point the chairman did not vote for Aaron's on initially uh, to be the interim leader and so his explanation was Essentially, you would need to ask everybody else who, uh, but they aren't going to talk to us. So, yeah. yeah. So we don't. We still don't really know how to. Yeah. To me, that's the most inexplicable part is going back to the beginning mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how the ball got rolling. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the nine. It's narrowed to four by that committee. To correct? four. And um, and one drops out, so we're left with. Three going yeah. into Tuesday. Three, week. including Aaron's on. Right. Okay. Um, outside firm uh, hired to give kind of their views to analyze them. And what does that show? Yeah. So, um, you know, and again, like as we were just talking about, um, despite the the sort of bizarre circumstances under which Aaron's on was, was hired or actually because of them, uh, there was this perception among JA employees, plenty of people in that in that building, um, and plenty of people in City Hall and in the public that this was Aaron Zahn's job to lose. Nonetheless, the search firm, which was being paid, you know, a little under two hundred grand to do a search, uh, assessed the candidates. They they broke down a, a several kind of skill and leadership attributes financial acumen, ability to work with people, that kind of thing. And Zahn, kind of generally speaking, um, it scored worse than the other two finalists, um, both of whom have run utilities before um, at a high level, either as a CEO or as a, a chief operations officer. Um, and this is not unexpected. I mean, this is th- that assessment was, you know, was sort of newsworthy in the sense that, um, you know, it, it gave voice to something that was already kind of obvious. But, you know, again, like Aaron Zahn d- does not measure up well against these people by any sort of traditional metric. And that's what that assessment showed. Um, and, you know, so then we, we just sort of get to the board meeting where they're supposed to make the actual selection. Um, you know, and it turns out that perhaps those assessments didn't, actually influence what board members really thought about these candidates yeah and he what his argument i think he even stated during his window they were given to speak aaron zahn said um you know if you're looking for the traditional candidate i'm not the guy but if you look what was his argument why despite those metrics he is the right person for this job i mean it was it's kind of this this idea that the utility industry is undergoing this really rapid change in that, you know, at one time it made sense to have engineers run utilities. And then at some point it made sense to have uh, kind of Wall Street types run utilities. And now maybe it makes sense to have, you know, I don't know, some kind of vaguely entrepreneurial, innovative type person to run utilities. And, and that he would argue he fits that bill. Right. Um, I will say the other two candidates are also having been involved in the utility industry would understand this as well. Um, and I don't know that there's any evidence that Aaron Zahn possesses more or less of these kind of abstract entrepreneurial qualities or innovative qualities. Um, they were both, I mean, 
they had, they could point to things that they would say were made them innovative too, right? Yeah, I mean, so, so Chris Euster uh, was was one of the finalists, and I think was was viewed as the only person who had any even remote chance of of getting four votes of the seven members. And Chris Euster um, is the chief operating officer of CPS Energy. It's the largest municipally owned utility in the United States. And, and uh, you know, his case was essentially that when he, when he got to CPS Energy, it was a lot like JEA is now, well-run, well-regarded in the industry, um, adapting to change, but perhaps not adapting at, at a breadth and in depth that, that might be required. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that sounds an awful lot like what Aaron Zahn is saying needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we kind of get back to this idea that his main argument was just kind of relying on this, you know, again, this this kind of abstract judgment about him. And it, the most relevant experience that Aaron Zahn has in his past to do this, um, he was the head of a wastewater technology firm. And that firm partnered with mostly small Florida cities um, to to help take wastewater and turn it into something clean enough to use as fertilizer. And they had this this um, proprietary technology that did it, and you know supposedly there are all these benefits to it. And, and you know there, there are a lot of cities they contracted with that that seem satisfied with that. Um, the underlying idea behind that is not new. I mean, JEA has been turning wastewater into fertilizer since like two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't actually even generate, uh, you know, great revenue for them, as I understand it. So if that's the single I mean, if that's the most relevant qualifier, I, I do kind of wonder where does the where where is the meat on this idea that, you know, Zahn is more innovative than the mm-hmm. other two. And, and then you brought up Chris Euster. So, you know, he's kind of people intrigued by him because, of, you know, MIT background, the, the position he held. Um, but during that day on Tuesday, what kind of played out was interesting with him. Describe that. Yeah. Chris Euster would not unequivocally say that he would accept a theoretical job offer that day on the spot. Mm -hmm. Um, And that seemed to signal, uh, that seemed to greatly disturb several board members. Um, and was interpreted by them as him saying that he doesn't really want the job or that it, it indicated some, something less than complete enthusiasm uh, for coming to Jacksonville. Uh, one of the board members, John Campion, uh, who is the CEO of a company called APR Energy, um, even went as far as to suggest that he was, he was disappointed um, in Chris Euster because the first time he interviewed Chris Euster was over video. Uh, and that seemed to indicate to him, you know, the, another lack of, and more evidence of lack of enthusiasm for Jacksonville. And a, a colleague on the board noted that he had to do a video conference because Hurricane Michael was destroying the Florida panhandle and that disrupted flight patterns and, you know, travel arrangements are difficult. Or driving. Yeah. yeah or certainly driving. And, uh, Campion did not back down from his assessment and said that you find a way to get here. Right. Uh, that may or may not be an impossible standard of passion to expect out of a candidate. Um, 
I've never heard of something like that happening before. I would not drive through a hurricane uh, for any job. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, and that basically disqualified Chris Huster. I mean, his refusal to, to just out and out say, I'll take the job right here, right now, um, that, that basically, um, that, that did him in. And, and the, the other candidate uh, was a woman named Pamela Hill, and, and she had run um, some, some utilities, uh, the Bahamas Power and Light and the uh, Jamaica Public Service Commission. And she was um, qualified and, and had done a lot of research on, on um, Jacksonville and on JEA, but it, it never seemed to me that there was, um, that she really had a realistic shot with the board. And I was I was trying to watch this streaming, and it, I guess so many people were trying to do it. It kept they were having difficulties. So, um, so some of it it's been interesting to see your analysis afterwards, like the the actual kind of breakdown of the votes. Um, it, it happened so quickly. I wasn't sure how that. So, any interesting pieces to that now that you've you were able to look at that? Um, yeah, I mean. It is clear that that Aaron Zahn, um, whose educational background it does bear mentioning, um, he has a a bachelor's degree in philosophy and psychology from Yale. Uh, He sold himself uh, that one of his great strengths was his financial acumen, that he's the finance guy. And the board seems to have accepted that more or less at face value. Um, He has had in a couple of his roles um, in the past – um, been an investor um, or been part of, uh, you know, sort of a, a private equity firms. Um, I don't know, given what I know about how little the board has peered into his past, his immediate past job, I'm not sure they know any more about any of his other past jobs. Um, nonetheless, they considered him basically like the top finance guy among the three candidates. On their rankings. On their rankings. On on their their rankings. Uh, Chris Euster, is, it bears mentioning, has a PhD in electrical engineering from MIT and pointed out that he minored in finance and as a COO of CPS Energy, you know, goes to uh, meet with the rating agencies with the leadership team and, and has, as utilities go, uh, as much experience in finance, I think, as, you know, you would reasonably expect of the head of operations of a, you know, major utility. So... That seemed a little weird. Um, Zahn also scored very well on um, sort of like personality attributes, which is interesting because uh, the the executive search firm that JEA hired performed uh, reference checks. And of the three candidates, uh, Aaron Zahn was the only one to have references give some less than flattering comments about uh, his abilities and his personality. Um, and so I'm not sure where they're getting that ranking from uh aaron zahn would say that he has built bonds in his seven months as interim with you know the city council and the mayor's office he certainly has with the mayor's office um who already supported him uh you know but the council i mean the council's liaison to jea uh bitterly complained about the process and believed that the fix was in for aaron zahn and so it seems like a little head splitting to hear that argument uh but you know that is what it is even before the vote at the start of the meeting alan howard um board chair you know kind of said this is you know thoroughly open transparent it's insulting to board members the candidates and aaron's on to say it was predetermined 
Um, so maybe take those first the open and transparent. Was was this process open and transparent? It was the decision was made in a public meeting. That is certainly true. Um, and I don't think anyone is accusing the board of, of you know, violating any sunshine law, uh, you know, or, or violating the sunshine law or public records laws. The issue is that there was a perception the fix was in. Mm-hmm. In order for Aaron Zahn to get this job, a number of things had to happen or a number of things would have to, the, the board would have to discount a whole lot of stuff to get, to get to the point where they would hire the least qualified candidate of the four finalists. And yet that happened. Um, that, I mean, that is just a fact. I mean, that the, the perception was there, you know, and, and that expected result happened. Um, it's just going to be hard to defend the integrity of the process, given that, you know, given that reality. Um, right. They kept coming back to a lot of things that I guess I would consider intangibles. Early on, they talked about passion. And then on Tuesday, I don't know that they used the word passion, maybe because you had pointed that out and it had been uh, somewhat mocked around town. Um, but they talked about um, a commitment to Jacksonville was the thing I kept hearing over and over again. Like that was a a key piece of his his candidacy was that he had this commitment to Jacksonville. Right. I mean, if, if you were, you know, if you, if you were inclined to be cynical about these things and, and obviously, you know, that I, I'm never that way, you would, <laughs> you would view this, you would ask yourself, you know, in order to get Aaron's on to beat Chris Euster out, you'd have to find something. And then you hear that Chris Euster wouldn't drive through a hurricane. And so he didn't get the job and wonder, was that, you know, mm-hmm. seemingly absurd explanation, the reason why Chris Euster didn't get the job. Um, of course, the board would disagree with that. Um, yeah, it, it was, I mean, look, it was, again, the decision was made in public. Uh, is it transparent why the board made the decision? It did. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. The board never really, I mean, it, to get back to the original point, it's always been inexplicable why Aaron Zahn was there in the first place. We never got an explanation about why Melissa Dykes was not perfectly adequate to lead as the interim CEO. Um, and, you know, and, and so... Yeah, and to me, I would say I want my interim to be this... That person, I don't necessarily... Even if you're arguing we need a change agent or somebody innovate... I think the interim, you want somebody... You want stability is the most important key for that short term. And what could be more stable than this person with... Um, 20 years in the industry and I forget how many years at JEA mm-hmm. and guiding through hurricanes. So to me, yeah, I'm st- I, I still would like to have answers to that question going back to the beginning of this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the, you know, lawyers say it's it's uh, the, the fruit of the poison tree, you know, that, that the original decision never made any sense. And so th- this decision doesn't necessarily make any sense either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, like the number of things that, that the board would have to take or not take into consideration to get to the point they got to it's just fascinating that that exactly happened mm-hmm. um despite their insistence that the fix was not in i mean i just think you know the, the process will not satisfy people who were not inclined to believe that there was not funny business going on what, what what kind of reaction have you i mean you've written 
quite a few stories, sat through quite a few meetings, and 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 read a lot of stuff. What kind of reactions have you, have you gotten to the JEA stories in the last couple of months? Well, I mean, as a reporter, you know, I'm generally just going to hear from people who are pissed, and so you <laughs> right. know, that's. I mean, there are a lot of people who are really angry about this. Um, there's a lot of shoulder shrugging. You know, there's always been this. Um, you know, the 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 syndicate, the donor class in Jacksonville is always. Um, kind of griped about the way that the mayor handles things and and there's a lot of there's been a lot of um sort of anger or concern about this behind the scenes but none of those people ever say anything publicly and that's kind of what's going on here um so you know i don't know uh it's it i mean no one's going to do anything about this i mean the count there are a couple council members who are probably not happy but you know they're not gonna i'm not sure they could do anything anyway they don't have any say over the selection of the JEA CEO. Right. And then I think my favorite response might have been from a reader who sent you an email referring to our colleague, Chris Hong, who's doing, now doing a fishing and hunting stories and said, please don't thank, congratulated you for your stories and said, please don't start writing a hunting story. So Yeah, which I, uh, getting me out uh, <laughs> hunting would be a disaster for it'd be entertaining yeah, yeah. it might be a good comment yeah, that might actually. be a Chris, Chris <laughs> needs to take you out on one of those I, I expect to be a cameo at some point yeah um, so as you said you know don't expect city council or others to be challenges so you know I think even those who are frustrated by the process at this point you have to hope that guess what the board somehow this works out this is you know Aaron Zahn is the guy for this job because this how important this job is for the city you um so what is what what lies ahead what are his challenges what what do Mm -hmm. we have to hope that he handles well well the utility industry is changing I don't know that it's changing or will change in Jacksonville quite as rapidly as as has been talked about by by Aaron Zahn, you know, sort of says like in a couple of years, things could be completely different. I don't know that that's true, but um, I'm not an expert. Uh, I guess he's not either. Um, there is this, you know, behind schedule budget busting nuclear power project that JEA is involved in. Um, and opinions on how urgent it is that JEA get out of that kind of vary. Um, Zahn is uh, sort of on the alarmist end and says that, you know, we have to get out of this. It's going to be billions of dollars and it's never going to get finished. Um, That is a challenge. Um, There is also this question of privatization, something that's been debated. Um, I will like I will say this. I'll do a rare thing and I'll take a, a public official at face value. Aaron Zahn was asked in the meeting, what would success look like for you in five or 10 years? And he said, um, part of his answer was doubling the contribution to City Hall. Um, JEA makes an annual contribution uh, to City Hall. It doesn't pay property taxes. And so in theory, this kind of replaces that. Um, JEA pays right now a little bit more than $115 million. So doubling that would be $230 million plus. Doubling, getting JEA to a point where it could pay that much money to City Hall every year, that will fundamentally transform JEA. That's a very different looking JEA than the one today. Hmm. Possibly slimmer workforce, uh, possibly 
far less emphasis on its credit ratings. Um, the credit rating agencies already don't like how much money JEA gives City Hall. Um, it, doubling it, it, and this has always been a choice you know JEA could make. If you want a AAA rating, there's a lot of stuff you have to do to hoard money. If you don't care so much about the AAA rating, you don't have to hoard as much money, and that frees up a lot of cash. Hmm. Um, so that's important. Um, you know, it could mean uh, reducing its its the amount of power generating infrastructure it has. JEA has already closed recently um, St. John's Power Park, uh, which is a pretty major power plant. You know, so it could be that that we'll see more of that. Um, it could be that that this is kind of the new aim of the mayor's office and, and therefore of JEA under Aaron Zahn is, well, let's, you know, maybe privatization is too complicated. Maybe Vogel, the, the nuclear power plant issue, plant Vogel, maybe that's too complicated. We can't get out of it. That'll complicate privatization efforts. So maybe let's just get as much money out of JEA as we can. Hmm. And, and I think that would, um, in similarly controversial ways, changed JEA quite a bit. Mm, yeah. Well, I will say that, um, it, you know, usually utility stuff are not st- stuff that people are gobbling up reading, but I think it's interesting. That's one of the fascinating things about this saga is how many people are talking about first with the privatization talk and now with the CEO search. It, it's a topic that you like, you could probably walk into a bar and have people talk a conversation about I, this it happens to me <laughs> yeah you go to bars i'm uh, shocked yeah. <laughs> um so anyway i you know thanks for your your coverage and keeping people posted on this and um i'm sure there will be more to come and uh so go to jacksonville.com and the florida times union and look for nate monroe's stuff all right thanks mark <laughs>